I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. <clears throat> and as always, uh, we got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio. As we try to help you slow things down just a little bit, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And as we always do, we want to have you chime in and help us elevate that conversation. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Can 57500 weigh in today? What's on your mind? Uh, help us elevate that conversation. If you see something that's good out there, uh, make sure you chime in on that as well. We always want to highlight uh, what's happening in a positive way. Uh, and today is one of those days uh, where I get to do a lot of positive uh, because it's a special day in my world. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. Yes, it is the 32nd anniversary of uh, Debbie Casper Matheson taking the ultimate flyer, the ultimate risk, uh, saying yes, and uh, marrying this guy behind the mic. And uh, always grateful uh, for her. And uh, it has been a wonderful ride. And we've got six grandchildren, and uh, things are good. I I won't mention the five children, but the six grandchildren are totally awesome uh, and make it all worthwhile. But a big shout-out to Debbie, and uh, always grateful for her impact and her influence, not just on me, but on a host of other folks. And uh, looking for influence, that's something we, uh, we need in the world today in a significant way. As we look to uh, Washington, D.C., of course, we're not seeing the right kind of influence. Uh, we see far too much that's being driven uh, out of the uh, coffers of the Republican and the Democratic parties. And that continues to be a challenge and continues to put us in places and spaces uh, that are not good for the republic. Uh, we end up with these fake fights, false choices, and all kinds of cliffs and Armageddons and all of the adjectives they love to throw out uh, and then later recycle and repurpose for their fundraising emails. Uh, and we're seeing that just a little bit uh, as we come down the home stretch, as we always do at the end of a Congress or the end of a year. Uh, but there is some hope on the horizon. Uh, the congressional leaders continue to connect behind closed doors, I would add. That always gives them the ability to walk away. Uh, But there does seem to be some bipartisan hope 
in terms of at least getting something done uh, as it relates uh, to the coronavirus stimulus. Uh, so some very calm and uh, even kind words coming today uh, from Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. We are close to an agreement. It's not a done deal yet, but we are very close. The Democrats would have liked to go considerably further, but this won't be the last time Congress speaks on COVID relief. So again, that's uh, Mitch McConnell weighing in there and uh, not to be outdone by kindness. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, uh, not quite cheerful, but at least not surly, uh, as he talked about uh, making sure and committing uh, that they would actually get something done for the American people. We all know the new administration is going to be asking for yet another package. It's not like we won't have another opportunity to debate the merits of liability reform and of state and local government in the very near future. We're not leaving. I assure you, we're not leaving until we finish this package. So that's uh, that's a good sign. Uh, the fact that Mitch McConnell would signal uh, to his colleagues, both on the Republican and the Democratic side of the aisle, uh, that they're not going to leave until they get something done as it relates to, uh, to a COVID package and relief uh, is, is a good signal uh, because he wouldn't do that unless he were uh, serious about that, that he was determined to, to make that happen. And often that's a good uh, leverage point for the leader that uh, he can say, hey, you're, you're not going home for the holidays until we get something done. And so that often uh, primes the pump a little bit. Uh, as we always say, the, the greatest lubricant to get a deal done in Washington, D.C. is the jet fumes from the planes at uh, Reagan International Airport. Uh, when those members can sense the planes are uh, juiced and ready to go and to take them home for the holidays, uh, they negotiate a little better. They become a little bent more pliable uh, in terms of their negotiation, and they, they tend to get things done. Uh, interesting, uh, Utah Senator Mitt Romney, of course, has been in the middle of a lot of the negotiations as it relates to the COVID-19 relief. Uh, first, the big package that they uh, started that was a bipartisan, bicameral effort uh, that has been uh, tweaked and torqued a little bit. Uh, but uh, Mitt Romney uh, chimed in and uh, said this. I think it's essential that Congress take action to help people that are unemployed. We'll have people lose unemployment the day after Christmas. That's really unthinkable. Uh, So, again, just really putting the hammer down there in terms of, hey, this needs to be done for the American people. uh, And he is right on that. Uh, We do need to get that done. But remember, they've also got to get a spending package done. Uh, which I assume is going to be another continuing resolution. Uh, They've been doing this since 2012. Uh, Again, the Constitution says that Congress will put together the budget that will then pass that will pass each individual appropriations bill, all 12 of those. And that just hasn't been done since 2012. Think about that. There are some members in Congress who have uh, been there for almost a decade now and have never seen it done. Uh, and that's uh, that. That is a big, big part of the problem, in my view. And we we have to get to that uh, and just quit kicking the can down the road. In fact, I was on uh, I was on Bloomberg Radio yesterday uh, with our good friend Kevin Cirilli, and we were talking about the different things that could help the economy rolling into the new year. And when he asked me about you know what are the things that will really make sure that everything can roll forward, and I actually said you know if Congress would actually do their job. And do a spending bill that would get us all the way till the fiscal year ends in September of 2021. That would give certainty to companies, large and small and entrepreneurial. And people would take more risk because they would know what they were getting into. 
but every time we have this fake fight and false choice of, uh-oh, we've got another shutdown looming or we have more problems coming in Congress, then uh, a lot of business, businesses like certainty. And so let's get a real budget done. Let's get the appropriations bills passed in the House and the Senate and onto the desk of the president and create some certainty in the economy so that our businesses can lean into the opportunities of growth. Uh, and obviously there's been some serious challenges and uncertainty because of the pandemic and a host of other things. Uh, but in particular, when businesses know what the what the playing field's going to be, what the rules are, and what the end game is, they, they tend to be more assertive. They tend to take a risk that is, includes hiring more people, that includes expanding, which also creates more jobs in the community and in the economy. So all of these things are connected. So it, it's an interesting thing to think about that one of the greatest things we could do to stimulate the economy is to create some certainty for businesses. And the best way to do that is for Congress to do their job, uh, not only get this uh, short-term COVID relief in and done, but they also need to get their real work done of a budget and the appropriations bill uh, to fund the government, create certainty through September of next year. Uh, also, some uh, things uh, happening in Washington as it relates to the transition team. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, mayor from South Bend, Indiana, uh, presidential candidate, uh, will take over transportation as a transportation nominee. Interesting choice uh, by Joe Biden, but one that I think will have some uh, popularity amongst the base of the Democratic Party and one that I think will move through the Senate in uh, in pretty short order. Uh, but the whole host of uh, these questions and challenges really get to, to where we're headed as we go through the program today. Uh, it was on this date uh, that the Boston Tea Party occurred, and really important. We're going to talk about that in our final segment today. Uh, but coming up next, uh, many of you saw this morning that there is a new piece in The Atlantic by McKay Coppins uh, about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It is a 9,000-word piece. Uh, we'll break it down with McKay Coppin, the author from The Atlantic, coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> 